I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, gang, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcast with me, your host with the silly beanie hat, Andy Goldstein. Yeah, I know it's silly, but it does keep my stupid hair in. Anyway, we begin today's podcast with the fallout from Man City comfortably getting through against Borussia Mönchengladbach in the Champions League. As annoyingly, that quadruple looms large for the citizens. No one calls them that. I don't know why they Anyway, this was what was said on my show, Andy Goldstein, Sports Bar, Monday, Thursday from 10pm, after that game finished. Manchester City to Borussia Mönchengladbach nil. City progressed to the quarterfinals 4-0 on aggregate and it was fairly routine, drama-free, just the way Pep would have wanted it at the Pushkas Arena in Budapest. We're playing good in terms of uh, what we want. is have a lot of control through the ball. So the best way to defend is have the ball and we have it. And every pass or every movement have sense. We have some idea that everyone is in his position and... Yeah, we are we are doing well. Because we've seen City be so sensational week in, week out. Now that they're doing what Liverpool did. Now they're just winning. And maybe the football isn't as sparkly as as, as it once was, but it's very, very effective and they just keep winning and keep winning. And and I think that hunger, that desire for Pep to win two, three, could he win four trophies this season? I I think that's why City are a slightly different animal. What is failure for for Man City this season? From from here. Well, from here, they've won the league, not to pick up at least one more, possibly two more trophies. Yeah, at but least... a, a League Cup and, a, and Premier League still it doesn't, failure. It doesn't... Well, I wouldn't say failure. No, from here. Yeah, but that's not failure, is it? From here it is. I don't know. I mean, failure seems a very harsh word to use We considering when you've won the title. They need that Champions League. They do need the they Champions need League they and, and they as know you, it. As you said the other week, you can only be considered a great team. Oh, they need it. They need that in the cabinet. Any club that really wants to be considered a worldwide brand, they've got to win that. I just want to say about Man City winning the quadruple... I actually want them to do it. You're a Spurs fan and Spurs are playing them in the yeah, League Cup yeah. final. I'm and, aware of that and, and I'll you, tell you why. you want Spurs to lose that game. And I'll tell you why. Jose Mourinho has taken us back 15 years. The man's a dinosaur. He needs to go. He's ruining our fan base. And I think if we win the League Cup, he'll stay. And he'll become like this godlike figure to the fans. I think I'm a special one. Man City, for the good of our club, have to win the game. And I hope on that day, you know... Chelsea sat Carlo Ancelotti in the tunnel. I hope we do the same to Mourinho. In Wembley is it, tunnel, is it, is it the same for Spurs about top four? If that keeps Jose in a job, do you want Spurs to finish fifth? Uh, yes, I do, yeah. As a Chelsea fan, mm. uh, I respect everything they're doing in, in terms of football this year. They're probably going to do the quadruple. Matt, you don't want them they, to do the quadruple, do you? I do, yes. No, yes. you don't. Chelsea's still in two. 
competitions. <laughs> why why go with the FA Cup? That's amazing. We're still in it, Matt. <laughs> We've got Sheffield United of the weekend. Ever might yeah, not see yeah, out. Yeah, we'll beat them. We'll beat them. But when it comes to Man City right yeah. now, you've got to put, put you know. Matt, Matt, no, no, he does. No, Matt, Matt, you don't want him to do it. Retract, he does. He just said no, he does. Shush, shush. No, he does. Matt, no, Matt, he does. Matt, retract that statement don't now, Don't reject please. it, Matt. Matt, retract it. Don't reject no, it, Matt. No, Matt. no, 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 no. Honestly. Uh, Matt, you've been, Matt, you've been in lockdown too long, mate. No, Matt, you've been in lockdown too long. Matt, you want you want City to win the Champions League in the FA Cup, yeah? Yes, I do, yeah. Someone that always gives us a 10 out of 100 is Simon Johnson. Hi, Simon. Uh, Right, let's talk about the team you report on quite often. On the back page of the mirror, Roman goes in hard. There's a picture of uh, Haaland. And and it looks like he's going, oh, I'm going in hard here. And there's a few (laughs) other headlines that are suggesting that um, Chelsea are going to try, try and and nick him from under United's noses. Chelsea sort of fell out a little bit with um, Haaland's agent Mina Raiola only four years ago when they thought they had a deal done for Lukaku and of course he ended up going to Dior Mob and the Manchester United at the 11th hour and that, that certainly upset um, people at Chelsea but understandably they've quickly um, sort of forgotten the, this ill feeling because, <laughs> because, because Erling Haaland is, is his client and um, yeah I mean you put Haaland not just in the Chelsea team in any team in, in world football and he needs to become a, a top, yeah. top team. Now, England's Josh Butler has been speaking exclusively to TalkSport 2 after his unbeaten 83 helped them thrash India by eight wickets in the third T20. We'll also hear from the former fast bowler Darren Goff, Goffey, as England went 2-1 up in the series. Good goal, that, I remember. Yeah, 1-1. It was... Anyway, first up, this is Josh, not Stone, Butler. That's not his middle name. I'm just telling you it's not Josh Stone. And he's smashed back over his head by Butler, who has timed this magnificently. That must be 15 rows back into the stand. I think here having a dry run at the World Cup, playing against India, uh, where the World Cup is going to be, it's, it's a, a great series for us to, to prepare for that World Cup in, in seven months' time and, and find out a bit about ourselves as players and, and where we're at as a group. There's so many who want to open the batting, whether it be Stokes, whether it be Hales, who's not in the squad at the moment, whether it be Bear, Stowe. But Josh Butler, again, is just another one of those fantastic cricket when he gets in as you can see 73 or 43 deliveries pretty good isn't it one slip for Wood as he goes into Rahul Bowden middle stump at 45 degrees Kale Rahul is in a horror trot at the moment Mark Wood is sending an absolute beauty there's a great win for the side I thought set up brilliantly in the in the India power play to, to take three wickets you know Mark Wood bowling with express pace again and um, you know those guys were fantastic anytime you take early wickets um, you know really sets you up in a T20 now, TalkSport 2's exclusive commentary of the fourth T20 returns on Thursday afternoon. The team will be back from 12.30. Now, you will recall in the last episode it was confirmed that the mega fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury is on. And they'll fight twice this year. Oh, hold on. Don't say the ink isn't dry on the contract. Well, this is Frank Warren saying on breakfast that it's not over the line 100% just yet. Well, there's my tickets done and dusted. Here's Mark Saggers once again to sum up how I'm feeling. Oh! Anyway, he's Frank Warren. 
first thought it weren't to be announced. We got an agreement. Everybody signed a, an agreement that there'd be no announcements unless they were joint announcements. And that came out of the blue yesterday. So we're all not happy, but it's out there now. There's nothing we can do about that. It's out there. But there's a long way to go yet in as much as we've got to sort out menus. We've got a couple of menus we're looking at. And that's really where we are. I can't even add any more than that to it. Joshua, where are you? Where are you, AJ? The Gypsy King has returned! I think it's the biggest fight ever in British boxing, bar none. Well, first of all, you've got to look at it. You've got two guys hold all the Welsh versions of the world titles between them, both Brits, as I said, and uh, it don't get no better than that. It's massive. It's a major fight. It's nothing nothing compares with it, and I've been involved in some big fights over the years, but they pale into comparison of how enormous this fight is. And in world boxing, it's the same. Everybody wants to see it. You speak to anybody, you know, I speak to anybody over the pond or whatever, all they talk about is when's the fight going to be on. That's the first thing you get out of everybody. Yeah. This fight happening. Well, hopefully it's going to happen now and uh, everybody's wish will come true. Now, last week, Parliament launched an inquiry into the link between sports and brain injury. Researchers found that former professional footballers are three and a half times more likely to die from a brain disease than the general population. On TalkSport's Game Day podcast feed, a special documentary details what needs to change to mitigate the risks. The former England captain, Gary Lineker, admitted that he didn't head the ball in training as he felt it would be damaging. Every time you did finish it, the whole squad did it. So you got 20-odd players and you get one shot every 10 minutes. And that I had a reputation for not being very good at training. The problem was it didn't stimulate me and I found it boring. So why was I going to stand there and head loads of balls coming out? And it's... We, we used to have training games, obviously, and the ball would be kicked on by goalkeepers. And, and to be honest, even in football matches, the big high balls from goalkeepers, I was never going to head one of those. Because as a striker, you've got to flick them on. So they often landed on the top of your head. So whenever the ball was kicked long, whether it be in training and indeed in matches, you wouldn't see me heading it. What I'd normally do would be lean into the defender and then feign a foul um, or try and make them push me so that I didn't have to head it. And I would also always deliberately miss them anyway. That was just the part of it. The only time I ever really, I think, properly headed the balls if I, I thought I could score. I mean, it's really hard for you to say, but would you change anything different if you were more aware of this now? If I'd known what I knew now, I would have certainly limited the heading that I did when I was younger. No question about that. No question. Whether that would have made me not as good a footballer, um, whether I would have been not as good as heading the ball as I actually was, it's impossible to say. But, yeah, of course I would. That's Dementia and Football, Talk Sports Support for Change, a documentary hosted by Charlie Webster on the Game Day podcast feed, also available via the TalkSport app. Now, Chelsea boss Thomas Tickle and defender Antonio Rudiger have addressed the media ahead of their game with Atletico Madrid tonight. Not Atletico, there's no H. Atletico Madrid tonight. I just said it was tonight. I've said tonight twice. Well, I've said it three times now. Anyway, it's... T- yeah, you know what it is. They both spoke about Timo Werner and his manager dismissed rumours that the German striker might leave in the summer. I think he has no reason now to be frustrated because he did an amazing match against uh, Liverpool. Uh, maybe his best match since I arrived. Then he had a good match against Everton with a lot of chances to score, which he normally is clinical enough and, and strong enough. He did not score. Okay, this sticks in a situation like this. This can affect his self-confidence, yeah, of course. Unprecedented times and a Timo Werner goal. How about that? First since November the 7th for Werner. It's normally 
it's his first year away from Germany and uh, things are not going maybe the way he wants it, obviously, because he's a goal scorer. He wants to score goals, he wants to back goals and uh, things are not coming in his way at the moment. But uh, for me, it's important to just always uh, let him know that uh, someone is there for him, to help him, to assist him. And um, like this, sometimes in life, things are not going your way. Sometimes you have to, you have to fight through it. Now, Jordan Pickford will miss England's three World Cup qualifiers this month after sustaining an abdominal muscle injury. So who's likely to be the third-choice goalkeeper for England in next week's squad? On drive, Adrian Durham suggested Freddie the Wood Woodman. Who? Who? The, oh, this one's a keeper. Hold on. Isn't he Southgate's godson? Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Let me just mention this, because this is really interesting. The Swansea keeper, Freddie Woodman, he's on loan from Newcastle. He's brilliant at saving penalties. Okay, so let's bear that in mind. So if he goes as a third keeper, you bring him on for a shootout, maybe? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But do you want some uh, golden bit of information? Freddie Woodman, the Swansea keeper, his godfather is Gareth Southgate. What about that? Wow. How about that? Now, that would be great if you picked him. (laughs) Oh, I'd love it. He trusts him. Yeah. So his, his dad was Andy Woodman, who was a keeper at Palace when Gareth Southgate was there. They were oh, best friends. Brilliant. So, yeah. Freddie Woodman's played under 16, under 17, under 18, under 19, under 20, under 21 for England. Clips it into around the penalty spot. Carter Vickers draws a brilliant save from Woodman. Tipped over the bar for a corner. I will also say this about Freddie Woodman. I did actually say he should be the third keeper for the World Cup in 2018 because of his penalties record. He's a winner with England, right? Get this. He's won the... Under-17 European Championships with England. He's won the Under-20 World Cup with England. He's won a World Cup, let me repeat. He won the Toulon Tournament with England as well. He was the best keeper at that Under-20 World Cup. He was in the best 11 at the Toulon Tournament. Pick him! So, And he's with Swansea who are looking for promotion. Well, so, What were we even debating it for? Just pick him, Gareth. <laughs> pick your best mate. And I, Son. I, just want to, I just want to point out, I am not Freddie Woodman's agent at this point. It sounds like I am. Rachel Blackmore has made history after becoming the first female jockey to win Horse Racing's champion hurdle. She guided favourite Honeysuckle to a dominant victory on the opening day of the Cheltenham Festival on TalkSport. And she said, understandably, it's an incredible moment. Unbelievable! Honeysuckle! And is applauded by the crowd that is here because that was devastating. She maintains her unbeaten record. Rachel Blackmore goes into record books in the champion hurdle with a sweet as you like victory. This was never even a dream. It was so far from what I ever thought could happen in my life. To be in Cheltenham riding the winner of a champion hurdle, it's just so far removed from anything I ever thought could be possible. And we finish with Ali McCoyst on breakfast with Big Al and how he was once punished for being late at Rangers. You don't want to be doing anything wrong when Big Jock Wallace is in charge, Charlie. I tell the boys a story, Charlie. He officially knocked me out with a punch. Right? But imagine that nowadays, mate. I, I promise you, Big Jock, he floored me with a right hook, mate. And then, and then I can still look up. I can see him look standing over me. And he said, I'll see you in the morning. And I thought to myself, gee, was this is a warm-up. You know what I mean? That's unbelievable. <laughs> but, but Charlie, honestly, God, could you imagine that nowadays? Oh. There, was no, there was no PFA you could ring. You was, had to just take it on the chin. <laughs> it was 9 9 and the dial never mind the PFA.
That's nearly it for a podcasty thing. Let me tell you about some live and exclusive national radio commentary you can hear from the Championship tonight from 7pm as Nottingham Forest take on Norwich. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your Poddingtons from. I'm back on my show, Andy Goldstein, Sportsbar, Monday at Thursday from 10pm, alongside the fun boy at 10 o'clock. Obviously, I've already told you that in the title. Taking your calls after Chelsea get knocked out of the Champions League by Atletico. Not Atletico. A lot of people make. Anyway, there will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. But above all, have a great day and be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.